Hello and welcome to the final Valor Christian Academy Bible study on Holy Holy. Over the past few weeks, we have seen how God slowly unpacked key ideas of holiness throughout Scripture until we arrived at Jesus, the perfect example of human holiness. And through His holiness, we were able to share in a holiness we can never accomplish on our own. Today, we are going to recap the previous episodes to give practical steps of what holiness looks like when lived out in our lives. Let's dive in. In Scripture, God officially introduces us to holiness when he introduces himself to Moses. This makes sense. When Isaiah finds himself in God's presence, the angels proclaim that God is holy, holy, holy. The triple repetition is used to express just how especially holy God is. An English comparison that still falls regrettably short is calling God holiest. Holiness is the attribute the angels choose to emphasize over all others. Though all qualities of God are worthy of song, everything else about God can be summarized and better understood through His holiness. Because God is holy, He is set apart, utterly distinct from everything we could ever encounter. His love is holy. His grace is holy. His mercy, His justice, and power are all holy. Distinct, wonderful, beautiful, and different. Because of God's holiness, we begin to be introduced to a new way of living. Of course, this holiness comes as a shock to Moses, because he knows that there are divine forces that exist in this world, and they are beyond him in every way, shape, and form. But none of them have ever come down to meet with him. Later, Jesus will fully manifest this relational element of holiness when he takes on flesh and makes his dwelling among us. A holy, holy God living among a holy, unholy people. The first step of holiness is less about a change in how we live, but resting in the reality that a God as magnificently holy as ours is, is deeply passionate about being in a relationship with us. This is the gospel. God, in his holiness, cannot fathom eternity without you and has done everything necessary to mend the relationship that we have broken. It is not until after entering into a covenant relationship with God that he calls us to a life marked by our pursuit of holiness. Be holy as I am holy is a constant refrain through the book of Leviticus, a call to emulate that feature of God that embodies everything else that he is, the love mercy, grace, and justice we are to display as God's covenant people should be so different from everything else the world has to offer. People have to stop and search out what has so radically changed us. The first part of this holy life we are to live is simply celebrating the work that God has done for us. Like the calendar he gave the Israelites, our lives need to be built around a reflection of and an acknowledgement of God's holy work. Next, we need to understand that when we live as holy people, we are living the way that we were designed to live. Unholiness was not part of God's original creation. It entered the world because of sin. When we live a holy life, we are, in a small way, making gardens of Eden 
where we get a reflection of God's original design and a foretaste of what we shall experience when he returns to redeem and renew all things. This is why holiness matters, not because it is a rigid and soulless way to live, but because it is the freeing and soulful way we were designed to be. This life of holiness, of course, is designed for our benefit and the benefit of those around us. When people see us being holy, it points them toward God. God invites us to participate in his redemptive plan. A holy God has a place in his mission for unholy people. This is a wonderful call, and we accomplish it when we rest in his holiness and live the life that he calls us to. Of course, this pursuit of holiness is something that we will never get perfectly right on this side of heaven. This, however, does not thwart God's plan. When we are unholy, God's holiness abounds more and more. It is through this holiness that God brings life to all things. Throughout Ezekiel, God displays how he restores and redeems all things. God gives us a promise of a renewed heart made of flesh, shows us valleys of dry bones restored to life, and pours out a river of life that turns places of death into places of life. God's holiness wins. Simple as that. God's holiness is fully displayed when he took on flesh and came to be among us. Jesus modeled the holiness we could not achieve on our own. If we want to know what it looks like to live a holy life, we need look no further than Jesus' time on earth. A concern for the sick and broken, a heart for children, a passion to proclaim the kingdom of God, the ability to forgive those who hurt us, a desire to serve the ones around us, a love that drives out fear. This is what it means to be holy. We are not following a set of rules to exalt ourselves. No, we are humbling ourselves, putting the benefit of others before our own and understanding the will of God is greater than our own. And in the moments when we fail to live this way, we turn to Jesus who time and time again transfers his holiness to us. At the foot of the cross, we lay down all the burdens that unholiness has placed upon us. Joyously, Jesus takes our burdens and gives us his burden, which he tells us over and over again is easy and kind. Freed from the weight of our sin, he says go. And with Jesus' great commission in mind, we enter a world in desperate need of holiness and begin to make it just a little bit more like heaven. This process repeats itself until one day we stand in the presence of our Holy Father and hear, Well done, my good and faithful servant and enter into eternal holiness.